Visit Arcade Club, Europe's largest classic arcade, with over 200 video and pinball machines. There's classic consoles and computers. There is also PS4s, Xbox Ones, Wii U, PC, and Oculus Rift, and regular tournaments and competitions. All machines are set to free play. Open Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Check out arcadeclub.co.uk for more details. Tenpence Arcade are proud members of the Throwback Network and the Retro Junkies Network. Hello and welcome to Tenpence Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Marland and I'm joined by my friend... Steve O'Malley. Steve O'Malley? Is that your yeah. new pseudonym? Uh, Sean Holly has left the podcast on account of excessive trolling. Oh, it, I see it got to him in the end, did it? He's had to go into hiding because he's been trolled so much by the Trollmeister troll ads. So Steve is the stand-in guy for this podcast thing. Oh, okay then. Well, How are you well, doing? I've got, I've got, um, because of that fact, and my, my chum Sean has been shamed into leaving the podcast for, for practising games, yeah. I am going to give a special shout-out to troll ads, and it goes, yeah. You, sir, have an old woman's snatch box for gossip. <laughs> well, that's intel. That's and I've also good. got a quick joke for you about, about Sean Holly. Let me give you a first joke about Chuck Norris. What is yeah. under Chuck Norris's beard? Steel. Another fist. Oh! What is under Sean Holly's beard? Dunno. Bullets. Bullets. I like yes. that. Yeah, sorry, Steve would like no, Sean would like that. Because I am Steve. You are I am Steve. You are Steve. We are Steve. It's not going to last long, this, is it? I'm going to forget. Anyway, how have you been, Vic? All right? Uh, depressed, miserable, out of the loop, but... January blues. Eh, it might be. I don't know. It's been feeling a bit... Mm. So not, not so good, but let's, let's make the world a better place by doing a podcast together. Yes. Oh. Oh, it was nice, isn't it? Nice. So what's been going on with you, sir? Well, in a week where the gaming world has gone nuts over the Nintendo Switch, let's talk about old arcade games, which we love. We should do that. I agree. Mm. I concur. You concur. But before we do that, let's just quickly talk about Nintendo Switch. Yes. Our Alex, Alex mm. Chucky Egg, Nintendo Arcade, has mm. gone today to have a go of the Nintendo NX, or the Nintendo Switch, as it's going to be called. He went to one of the one of the auditoriums in London, to play it. Because I talked to him earlier in the week, and he said, you never guess what? I said, what? And he goes, a friend of mine won a competition to go and have a go of the new Nintendo Switch. And then a preview of it. I said, oh, great, yeah. And he said, but he can't go, so he's given the ticket to me. Whoa! <laughs> so that's the perfect person to give it to, I think. So mm. Alex has been there. Hopefully I'll get a chat with him soon about what happened with it. But because he was going there... And I keep thinking about getting a Wii U when they get cheap, because they're going to go cheap soon, because the, the new mm. one's coming out. And uh, I sort of thought, oh, I'll have a quick look at the video, because on Friday there were some videos released of some of the games being played and such, and some of the new the ones that being released on release day. And they look really, really good. Have you seen mm. the Mario one yet? Where it's in a real-world environment. He's in a city kind of thing, isn't he, jumping around? It looks a little bit like Grand Theft Auto with Mario. And he's got this new attack where he can throw his hat out in front of him to hit enemies. But when he throws it, he can jump on it as well. 
It's like a boomerang. Yeah. It's Absolutely. really clever. And the graphics, I don't know. I have no idea if they're up to standard with the, the PlayStation 5s and the Egg Box 760s or whatever they're called. I have no mm. idea, but they look immaculate. They look really, really cool. And because it's Mario, and he's in a city, he can do all sorts. He can jump off tower blocks and run around cars and on top of cars. It looks really, really cool. And the Zelda, the Zelda looks exactly like a Studio Ghibli film. It really does. Mm. It looks like uh, Princess Mononoke, which is a great film if you haven't watched it. And it just looks so atmospheric. And the one that got me that I was a bit puzzled about was the, is it Ultra Street Fighter 2 or Ultimate Street Fighter 2? They've gone yeah. back to the one that most people particularly like. That's the one that ever, the go-to Street Fighter. For me, three, third strike. But most people go for number two. I think the the championship edition. That's like the, the, the champion turbo yeah, thing. The yeah. one that everyone likes. And they've sort of gone to that, but they've updated the graphics and they've got, I think there's an evil Ryu and a, a violent Ken. Oh, oh, that Ken. He's violent. <laughs> he's violent. Oh, he's a bugger him. Ooh. But yeah, it looks, it looks really good. They've done a really good job of it. So I'm not sure what they're going for. There's a, there was a Bomberman game there. It's a sort of pseudo 3D-ish Bomberman with loads of players can play. It looks very promising. I mean, I'm not one for modern consoles, but I like the look of it. I haven't put my money down on it because I think it's going to be a little bit too much money, and I hope that doesn't kill it. I really do. Everyone keeps saying, "Oh, it should have come out for 250 quid or less," and I think it's the price is going to be 300. And they've only got like five games. Yeah, Yeah. I I really hope it does well. Though it looks great. It's a, a really nice change from these war. 3D shoot 'em up games, all the same, all your FIFAs, mm. all that stuff. And I, I really hope it's a complete departure from modern gaming. I really do. I like the look of it. I think it looks really nice. Mm. So let's we'll have to see. Let's draw a massive, great big line with our felt tip pen under that and get uh. some arcade stuff. Right, you sir, what have you been up to arcade wise? Arcade, yeah. I've been to arcade club a couple of times, of course, and of course. I've been trying to do the my sixteen one five level challenge. That's five levels on every game on the sixteen one PCB, regardless of score. So how's that been going so far? I, I so, haven't I, had a go shamefully because I've been playing other games and just doing work and rubbish like that, and busy, generally just sitting in the corner going harumph. So I will <laughs> get onto it though. I do like the sixteen one. I like the games, and I would try and do that. I'll set my stick to four-way, so I've been doing the four-way games. Miss Pac-Man I've done, Mr. Do. Oh, yeah. I struggle with Mr. Do, you know. It took me about two hours to do five levels because I, I haven't really played it much before. You get rusty on Mr. Do. I, I've, my mm. best score ever is a shade under 100,000. I got to 99,000-something. And nice. that was when I was getting good at it, when you practice. There is certain ways to play the game, and I'm really rusty. Now, I don't think I could do five levels now, but I'll have to have a look. Mm. I've done also done Super Pac-Man and Dig Dug 2. Dig Dug 2 is dead easy, but bizarre. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I never Miss, liked Miss it. Pac-Man was a struggle as well, actually. Yeah, Miss Pac-Man on normal speed. I'm not sure if I could even get to two or three screens. On the speed, I can get like 100 and something thousand on it. It's great because mm. it's speeded up, but mm, yeah. Anything else? Well... Because over this is our first podcast since the Christmas break, mm. and over Christmas you get you don't actually get bored, but you start your mind wanders. Does your mind wander, Vic, when you when you're off? What was you saying? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, so, I, I've had a lovely holiday over the break. I just just relaxed. I sort of did mm. what I want when I wanted. I didn't do as many things as I planned to do. I, I planned to make another arcade cab while I was off, but because Pac Mania turned up, 
I haven't had a chance to. It got in the way a little bit, so I couldn't get to it. Oh, well, I've, mm. I've created in my Christmas holiday a new currency. Oh, yeah. In, in case the pound fails or anything goes wrong with the pound. Yeah, thanks, Brexit. I've, I've called it the cream, and it's based on mm. custard creams, oh, of course. Well, that that's a good idea straight away. So based on the price of a custard cream from the big four UK supermarkets, one pound is currently equal to 50.19 custard creams, or CR, so call it CR or cream, 50.19 CRs. Yeah, but if you if you had something on the front of an arcade cab and it was like 10p, 20p a quarter, you know, 100 yen or something, it had to be a yeah. CR. Yeah. Yeah, so how, a... how would you get a custard cream in a coin slot? Crumble it up. Well, actually, it wouldn't. There'd be a there'd be a right fat guy stood next to it, and you just give it to him, and he'd eat it, and then he'd and he credit it up. So yeah, so currently the pound is equal to fifty point one nine CRs, and we'll we'll monitor that on the stock exchange. Have you put that into uh, xe dot com yet? We can do the currency exchanges. Not yet. I no. think you need to in case you in case you need to buy something from the, Euro- the European Union or America. You need to know what, what it is to the dollar. Yeah. <laughs> well, what have you, it says here you've got some cupos. 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 CPOs. Control, CPOs. Control panel overlays. Oh. I have actually been doing a few things arcadey, not making up crazy currencies. So right. I have got both of the CPOs, control panel overlays, from Muddy Music, all printed lovely. I've actually put them on the centipede and the battle zone control panels, and they look minty as mint can be. Mm. I rebuilt the, rebuilt the trackball and fitted the entire control panel onto the centipede. So all the centipede wants now is a working PCB, and I'll be able to play centipede. I like doing centipede impressions. That's good, that last bit. Uh, I've also added, onto the centipede cabaret, I've added a little light bar behind the mini marquee, which is sort of at your waist height, mm. because it never had one. Mm-hmm. Battlezone and Asteroids and Asteroids Deluxe mini cabs have got light bars in them, but Centipede never have one from Factory, so it's better than Factory now. Mm, that's strange, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know why they didn't do it because it looks great with a with a light bar. I wonder if Tempest had it as well and Dig Dug in those cabs. Hmm. Oh. I have been fixing small parts on a new pickup too, which I got the marquee light working. Changed the switcher, recapped the monitor, and removed the curl on the left-hand side of the image, which was just a quick fix by removing one of the sync wires that should not should not have been connected. Mm-hmm. Also, repaired one end of the speaker wire and reclipped back the other end to the actual speaker, which had flopped up in transit. We'll talk about that particular thing I fixed later on. Yeah, I got bored of Allen syndrome in the end, mm. as I think a lot of people did on a certain level. And I've been playing Toidles again. Which is none of your mutant turtles rubbish. This is Toidles, the old 1981 Stern game or Konami. I mm. got over 17,000, which beat your score when we actually mm. played it for the podcast and beat mm. my score, obviously. And I was one... You know you got to collect, you collect six turtles to take them home to finish the level. Yeah. I was one turtle away from doing the last level when you see the little, uh, the little, the little cutscene at the end when all the turtles get out. Oh. I was that close, which is then a loop. That's what I want to do to finish that game off. I really want to do it. So, one, and I played a couple of days ago, and I got to the seventh level again. I wasn't quite as close, but I got to the seventh level, which is quite an achievement. Such a great little game. I really like mm. it. I had a bit of a move around in the garage, moved a few things around, so it's a little bit neater now, and tidied it for once. Oh, very nice. Hmm. 
so my uh, my sort of thing for this year, or for the first half of the year, is I want to get the garage a new carpet for it, because it's a bit mucky now. And I want to get some decent... Maybe fix the walls a little bit, because there's a few bits in, in the plaster needs doing in the walls. Get it sort of bit, you know, neatened up. And get it neat and tidy, all the shelves where I want things to be, all PCBs in nice boxes, and get some art on the walls, and get it, get the actual room finished, so it looks like an arcade more than just a garage with some bits in. Mm. So that's one of the things yeah. I really want to do. So that's going to be done soon. And I've also made this. Now, I'm going to have to walk away for a bit, so just <laughs> listen in, and you'll hear what I've done. <laughs> you ready for this, kids? I hope you're listening. I'm over here now. This is going to be good. Possibly. Has he gone? Where's he gone? Big. Big time. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to the Twilight Zone. Yes, I made a theremin. Have you bought a fancy whistle? A theremin? Yes, I built a theremin from a kit. Why? Because it was something to do, and I like the sound <laughs> of theremins, and I thought it'd be fun for the podcast. You see, you, everyone goes weird over Christmas. You start doing strange things. I am an idiot. Well, what it is, right, is I went to see Mark Kermo, the film critic, a little while ago. Mm. And he's a musician as well. He plays uh, bass in a band. He's very, very good as well. He's a really established musician. And he had a theremin. And he, he let someone in the audience try and play it. Because it's a very odd instrument to play. Because it's a sort of box. He had, he had a proper Moog one, which is like £400. It's a sort of box with a few twiddly knobs on it and stuff. And you plug it into you know, speakers and such. And on the left-hand side, you've got like a round antenna, which you put your hand over. And as you put your hand up and down, up it gives you more volume. And down shuts it up. And on mm. the right-hand side, you've got a sort of tall, sticky-up antenna. And as you move your hand further away from it, the, 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 the note goes down. And as you go closer to it, it goes really high. And you can sort of make notes from moving your hands around. It's very difficult to play, but it's a lot of fun to make weird noises. And that's what they used on Forbidden Planet to make the weird noises. Uh, yeah. I think Led Zeppelin used one on stage to make sort of odd noises with guitars when they put distortion on it and all that sort of stuff. But what it is is... There was that that sort of inspired me, because I like the look of them. They're just a really quirky instrument. And I'm not mm. very musical anyway, but I just like making fun things. And a friend of mine, who, who's back in Weymouth, who actually does circuit bending for, for synthesizers and stuff. He makes really weird boxes that make noise and stuff. He does loads of electronics and makes his own engraved boxes on CNC machines and stuff. And he does it really well. And I think even, even people from Nine Inch Nails have bought stuff off of him on eBay. You know, boxes for making you know, sounds for music and stuff. Mm. And he made one from a kit. And he did a video of it. I was like, wow, I wanted to do one of those. I really wanted to do one of those. So he, he informed me where to get the kit from. And he actually sent me a little PCB, which is um, it's a voltage flattener. It sort of smooths out the voltages. Because this thing's very, very sensitive, as you can imagine. As you move your hands around, it, yeah. it, it does the music. So he sent me a little PCB, which is sort of a, a voltage suppressor. Or I don't know what the name of it is. But it sort of it smooths all the voltages out. So I got that as well. And the kit. And you had to buy an Arduino, which is a mini computer. Yeah, which bolts onto it. It just cl- clips straight on the kit. Uh, I bought a box for it, a sort of little smart wooden box. Got some aluminium tubing, which I bent round to make the antennas and the straight antenna. And 
I put an extra little control panel on it, which I made at work, and you know, so I can put the actual controls on the box. It looks quite yeah. neat. I put it on the on the Victor's Tinkering's part of the website, so if people want to have a look at that, they can have a look. But it's quite fun. I need to. I'm going to need to tune it a little bit better, and I might need to ground it because I don't think it's being grounded properly with the power supply at the moment. So I've got a bit of work to do on it, but it's fun, and I may mm. use it. Well, I may lend it to the Ten Pence Podcast Orchestra, <laughs> so they That'd might want to use it for something. <laughs> You've been warned, kids. Kids. Another arcade thing. Oh, actually, a non-arcade thing I did. Yes. I watched the Star Wars movie Rogue One. Rogue One. Rogue Rogue One, which I wasn't look, I wasn't bothered about really, but my mate said you want to go and watch it, so we did, and I was very impressed. It was a, a, a kind of a I thought it was much more true to the Star Wars ethos than the the what was it called the other one the Episode. Force wakes up. Yeah, the Force what? Hey, up oh, Force, you awake? Force wakes up, which I thought I didn't really enjoy, but this one I thought was very good. Very good. I like the Force Awakens. Um, I'm not a massive Star Wars fan. I I don't like people who go on and on and on about it. It's just a science fiction film, and there are better ones out there. Mm. Yeah, but it's it's a good film. You know, it's mm. still a good film. That the three they did previous to that were abominations. They're terrible things, just so bad. But this new one that Jay. Uh, J.J. Abrams did. It was quite good. Mm. And I said to wife the other day, oh, we should go and watch Rogue One. Because it's about, and we'll go and watch it. But we're not the kind of people who go there on midnight on the on the dot to go and watch it. But we will watch it eventually. Because I've got nothing against Star Wars. I think they're quite good films. And I like the characters. And you know, they're quite good. I like I like Star Wars-y type things anyway. Mm. So I will go and watch it. But I'm glad to hear you liked it. And it's pretty good. So that's you know even more reason I should go and see it. Mm. Excellente. And I've also been speaking to Andy Palmer of Arcade Club fame All about right, his ex, uh, exciting new projects where he's taking the place. So I've got a little seven-minute clip. I did a little interview with him, and we shall put that in here. Hi, kids. I'm here with Mr. Andy Palmer of Arcade Club, and we are very privileged to see what is going on with floor two of Arcade Club. We sat down here now. Can you explain, Andy, what just the... Flipping, flippity flip is going on. <laughs> right, floor, floor two, a little bit behind schedule, unfortunately. I have to jump through many uh, hoops, fire eggs, uh, safe, safety concerns, etc. Yeah. It's all been sorted out now, thank God, so we should open in about a month. Everything's going swimmingly well. We've got our first set of PCs, which is 12 uh, incredibly high end 1080 i7 based PCs, all with 1440 screens. And they run stuff like Battlefield 1 at Infinite Ultra settings and don't even blink. Yeah absolutely amazing systems uh, we'll have further PCs being uh, put onto this floor as well and we'll create an amazing land centre within Arcade Club catering so. for people who love early arcade games and people who love the latest technologies so we, sh- we should be able to cater for every genre of gaming and every sort of person that could possibly want to play games all in one venue brilliant so at the minute you've got say 60% of it's finished would you say Yes, we've, uh, we've got the stage area because we're doing a lot of tournaments and we will even have some live bands on, etc. Oh, uh, which will include some interesting chip music based bands as well, which yeah. uh, have, a, you know, have a little bit of a following, etc. We'd like to introduce them to some people and just introduce different things. Yeah, so you've got a bank of arcade cabs, which is currently where the floor two stops because it's in that in that sort of intermediate yeah, that's the, stage. the great wall of floor two, yeah, that's hiding all the chaos behind <laughs> half of the floor, yeah. And then you've got this, these 12 top-end PCs behind us, all colour-coded red. Looks like something out of Star Trek. 
And yes. You've got lovely sofas, you've got more monitors in front of us, and then you've got these four fantastic modern rhythm games, haven't you? What are they about? Yes, we've got Tyco, uh, which everyone knows, probably from the conversions that are done uh, on the Dreamcast and PlayStation, etc. But it's rare to see one in this country that's a proper Tyco machine. Incredibly popular. Uh, we've also got Pop and Music, and we've got Groove Coaster as well. Tyco, Pop and Music, and whatever else will go on the uh, Modern Xverse. We'll be linking up with other arcades around the UK and Europe. So you best to challenge them for scores. That's yeah. being worked on by oh, an amazing cool. bunch of people. Right, excellent. And we've also got four massive TVs at the back there, CRTs. Are they going to be for consoles? Or? We've actually got six or eight of those massive, oh. great big 37-inch monsters, which will be going <laughs> down the back wall, uh, and those will be uh, with, with sofas. You'll be able to go to the lending library, which will be happening uh, near the new kitchen and shop, which will be put into this floor as well, which we already have the rooms for, obviously, fitting out. And you'll be able to uh, lend a game, basically. So you'll be able to sign out Zelda or something like that and play yeah. it. You'll be able to get a PlayStation game like Bridge Racing. You'll even be able to buy memory cards for the GameCube and the PlayStation. And keep, we'll keep them for you so you can actually come back and continue completing game, playing Final Fantasy on the PlayStation or whatever you want to do. And we'll, we'll sell the memory cards at incredible prices. We'll not price gouge people because that's arcade comes about having a great time and it's not costing the earth. Excellent. So yeah. if you want to play Final Fantasy on the PlayStation, then you can save your game and then come maybe back two or three weeks later, ask your memory card that you've purchased at a fantastic price and then carry on playing it. That's brilliant. We've also got a nice little bar down here, well a big bar actually, and you're going to have uh, fully stocked with beers and yes, soft drinks are. and we've, food. And, oh, uh, right. the, the menu will extend massively uh, for floor two. We'll have paninis, uh, we'll, have, we'll, have, we'll have everything, we'll have crisp butters, you'll be able to buy a bowl of cereal, we'll do all the things that gamers <laughs> want to yeah, all the things that oh, gamers want to We'll get some biscuits in just for you, Sean, as well. Yeah, course. custard creams. Custard creams, yeah. Thank we'll you, we'll, we'll try a couple of different varieties, maybe. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> do Harrods do custard creams? I, I don't know, I don't know. Oh, Posh custard creams, possibly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And also, there's a little touches, a little attention to detail I like. Like, you've got a bank, well, a bookcase, I should say, full of old retro gaming magazines. Yes. There must be like 200, well, at least two, 300 there now. Well, I have my complete collection of Edge magazines available and all the other magazines I've got in my personal collection, which you'll be able to sign out uh, and read if you wish to. If, you, mm-hmm. if you're bored one day, you come down and say, wait for some of a friend to turn up, you just go, you took a couple of magazines to read, no problem, just sign them out. Obviously, return them, because one of Edge is worth a few quid now. <laughs> <laughs> and then just have a read through and see what's going on in, say, I don't know, 1992, for instance. That's awesome. This is going to be more like... A venue, as opposed to the to the to the arcade upstairs, isn't it? Really, you've got the stage, you've got this comfortable setting, you've got a bar. Yeah. It, yeah. Is, it is. It is. It uh, is going to be very, very different. Uh, if upstairs is from 1978 to 1990, then uh, floor two will be from 1990 to present day. That includes VR, PC gaming, LAN gaming. Uh, a lot of Japanese games always start to bring a lot of machines in from Japan, stuff you don't see in this country. Business Groove Coaster 2 we've got is copyrighted 2015, which is incredibly modern for uh, us yeah. being like it. Very, very modern indeed. What's that House of the Dead 4 there? That's House of the Dead 4 as well, yeah, that's going to be that's having an upgrade of its screen. It's still got the, uh, the horrible uh, rear projection screen. We'll be putting a modern LCD into that. Brilliant. Which will look really, really sharp because the, the old uh, rear projection, they're just so dim, the bulbs cost a fortune. And it's not very good technology at all, it looks horrible. Awesome. Well, good luck with that, Andy. I know it's going to be brilliant. And also, while I'm chatting to you, there's another thing that you're ongoing with, which is the Arcade Club on the Road project. Can you yes. tell us what's that about? Yeah, it's a bit of an interesting one, that, isn't it? Yes. Uh, right, we have uh, more machines than we could possibly use at the moment. So uh, <laughs> we came up with this idea of, well, 
people can't actually make it to Arcade Club, for instance, what about if we could go to their town, uh, one of the largest towns around the UK, and take a bit of Arcade Club there? That will include a couple of virtual reality machines, SNES Mega Drive sets for the non sort of stuff you'd see in Arcade Club, certainly where 4 2 is concerned, and say 20 of our best machines that we have doubles of. Yeah. It's just we have a spare Star Wars, spare Space Invaders, spare Pac-Man, uh, spare Robotron even, uh, spare Defenders. But, you know, we have, we have all these incredible caps which we have duplicates of. Uh, and we can actually take our cake up on the road, so to speak. At the moment, it's a pilot which is happening in uh, Manchester. We'll do the numbers this month towards the end of the month and if the numbers add up and everything seems fine then it will continue somewhere else. Uh, we've been looking at Edinburgh, Leeds, Liverpool. Wow, as far afield as that. Yeah, Edinburgh's a little bit of a push but we'll see, we'll see what, we, what happens with the numbers and uh, see if it's possible to do. And then we'll just see what happens. It's, uh, yeah. it's an interesting little project, it's something different. Uh, and it's, it gets a name out there and people can understand that there is a large arcade still in the UK that they can visit if they want and they can sample it, see what they like uh, at the arcade club on tour. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, thanks very much for your time. I know you're busy. Um, yeah, just a little. <laughs> and I'll speak to you in a bit. Cheers, Andy. Wonderful, thanks, Sean. Thank you. So, cabs on the road. How cool is that? So people can play in other cities who can't go to Manchester. Mm. Awesome. And also, Floor 2's coming on. Mm, it's going to be, going to be good. Excellent. Twice as much fun. Brilliant. I can't wait to go to Arcade Club again when it's all done. That'd be brilliant. Mm. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> Arcade News. SNK are back. Of Neo Geo fame are back. Maybe. Possibly. Maybe. We don't know yet. So there's a bit of a, a thing going on with SNK producing a new game. Yeah, well, there's there's interview with some guy of SNK. Yas, Yasuki Oda. Yeah, well done. You mm. did that really well. Mm, thank you. So that'd be <laughs> quite says- fun. We've got other other games aside from Cough already in development. Cough is like a coffin game where you have to, you like, a lot of coughing. Hello there, Bob Fleming here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Tell you about my new... <coughs> my new... <coughs> you know, the, the, the loudest cough wins. Or think, it could be King of Fighters. I think it may be King of Fighters, which uh, is on about 16 now, is it? Number 16? Uh, probably. Oh, there's been loads of them. It's actually 14, you Muppets. And they're on about doing stuff with Metal Slug and all, all sorts, so that could be the birth, the rebirth even, of SNK. Oh, that'd be nice. Mm. And there is a new kid on the gaming event block. There's I a new did, kid. I did read that. This new kid is called Mr. Game Mania. Game Mania. And we're going to put a link in the show notes for people to look at. It's a new event. 6th and 7th of May in Blackpool. I don't know who's behind it or anything, but it's a new one on, on the calendar this year. And shall we have a look at the calendar this year? Go on, then. Tell me what's going on the calendar this year. It's a big calendar. Well, actually, it's a normal-sized calendar, but there's more in it. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. 16th of April, Play Expo Leeds. Okay. Close Six. to you. Yeah, quite close. 6th to 7th of May, Game Mania Blackpool Winter Gardens. Mm-hmm. Not not Spring Gardens. The Winter Gardens. Mm. 20th to 21th of May, Revival the Revi- Revival the Rive. It's easy. They can write stuff down, can't they? But it's hard to read. I'm glad Re- I chose you as a podcast who can't speak. Oh, Very thank good. You, mate. <laughs> Revival the Rivals in yes, Warsaw. And I will be going to that one, definitely. I don't know about the other Me ones, too. but I definitely will be going to that one. Yeah, okay. 
17th and 18th of June, play Glasgow. I went last year and it was excellent. Too far away, that. Scotland. Cold. I know. Brr. It's quite, quite far up country-like. Mm-hmm. The 1th to the 2th of July, Nurg. Definitely going to that one as well. The mighty Nurg. Because the Virgin train goes straight there in about two and a half hours. Brilliant. It's good, that. It's easy to get me to mm-hmm. get that one. 15th and 16th of July, play Blackpool. That's the second Blackpool one. And that is in the Norbrek, the same Norbrek place where it was last year. Mm-hmm. And 7th to 8th of October, play Expo Manchester. Okay. So you've got you've got Revival, you've got Replay, you've got Nerg, and you've got this Game Mania. So there's four kids doing the the big events this year. We are treated. That's pretty good. I like the sound yeah. of that. Oh, some sad news. The mm. Diary of an Arcade Employee, which I really enjoyed podcast, is no more. No. Our, our mate Vic, Vic Sage is not doing it anymore. I'm not sure why. Uh, I think he does other things. I think he does uh, YouTubes and, and other kind of podcasts as well. So good luck with those, Vic. And it's sad to hear you're not doing any more arcade ones, because I quite enjoyed those. Yeah, he said it's family commitments, really. He's doing five podcasts, you know. Oh, Lord. Yeah, he hasn't got enough time. Yeah, yeah so... Yeah, family comes first, obviously. And they, there may be a kind of a sort of rebirth for the Dive and Arcade employee. They may have someone else to take over, but he's not sure yet. That'd be nice. I like those ones. They're good. Yeah. Uh, Battle Garage here, yeah, one for you. Battle Garage now released on PS4, which we mentioned a while ago. Mm-hmm. There's lots of extras with it. It's quite expensive, though, isn't it? I don't know. I'm just clicking on it now. I've forgotten. Yeah, I think the PS4 version is quite expensive, but it's like a limited edition. Blah blah blah. Loads of different levels, updated stuff, but very for the technical player. So not for me. Yeah, you get the the version with the, the more visible bullets in it as well. Oh, I like the idea of that because that game's mm-hmm. too hard with them bullets. Mm. While you're drooling over Battle Garage, yeah. <laughs> I will tell you about our Alex has beaten the Sheriff world record. Oof! And he's working on beating the main record for Bandido. Bandido is the same game as Sheriff, but it was licensed to Exidy. I think Sega as well. The reason he's doing this, he didn't actually record on video him beating the Sheriff world record because he was the only person to get a score for it. No one's really playing it. I think it's because it's quite a rare game. No one's got it. And no one's bothered to put a score in. But the Bandido has got quite a high score, and he's hoping to beat that, but with Sheriff. So he'll put his score in when he beats the Bandido with his original Sheriff. So I think he will do it. So it's over 100,000. But he said he's only a few levels away from doing it because you get multiples when you do different levels. Yeah. So I think Bandido is played by quite a few people on main but they must be have some sort of weird setup because you need an eight-way joystick and an eight-way cooker knob with a button press to, to move the, the the gunfighter's hand around because you can fire in different directions and they must mm. be playing it like robotron i suppose but alex yeah. is playing it on proper hardware because he's got a few different machines with sheriff in so he'll be doing that soon hopefully recording it and getting the twin galaxies world record that'd be cool that'd be good mm-hmm. mince pie news you know, I said I was going to go to Harrods and get some mince pies. Yeah. I only did. Did you? Yeah. I actually stopped off at Knightsbridge because we were going into, into London one night on the Piccadilly line. And, Har- and Harrods is actually on that line, on Knightsbridge. So I stopped off, uh, went in there, and they had some 50% off. They were only £4.25 for six mince pies. <laughs> Wow. I can see your little disgusted face there with the price of mince pies. Normally they would have been £8.50, which is ridiculous because it's from such a posh shop. 
Uh, eight pound fit. That's eight and a half packs of mince pies up here. I know, and everywhere else normally as well. But I had to buy them just for a laugh to see if the expense is worth it. The, the, money, the amount of money I spend for this podcast for you <laughs> listeners to find out whether Harrods mince pies are any good or not. They mm. were all right. All right. There's no booze in them though. Normally, mince oh. pies have got rum or, or sherry in, haven't they? Yeah. Because they're quite rich. Probably because the Middle Eastern investors own Harrods. It's not a UK-owned thing anymore. It's been it's been owned by Middle East investors for years now. So yeah. I think a lot of their products don't have alcohol because they don't drink a lot of because of religious reasons. But they do have alcohol there, but they didn't have any alcohol in. But they were quite fruity and not as rich yeah. as a boozy one. But they were all right. Wife liked them. Mm. They're gone now, obviously. I didn't save you one. Oh, well. But guess what, though? What? We had a listener, Alan, from Canada. Oh, yeah, I got snowed in last week real bad. Couldn't even get out of my house. His Twitter handle is A-C-V-I-E-L-U-F. That runs off the tongue well. does, doesn't it? He's found some custard creams in Canada, imported. Ooh. And he tried them in honour of 10 peas, but tasted great. But are they always that crumbly? And I said to him on Twitter, you probably got a knackered, battered pack because they yeah. get a bit messed up. And I said, you should try some quality biscuits like a dark chocolate hobnob <laughs> if you can find some of them. Or a, what are some other ones you like? Snack. Ooh, ooh, I do like a snack. Wife likes them. Since you bought some of them, I bought some for you, didn't I? Yeah. She, she, we get them now. We get them now. She likes I'll tell, you them. What's, I'll tell you what's exactly the same as a, sh- a snack, but in a different format is a Cadbury's finger. Right. Oh, is it the same kind of biscuit? It yeah. is, isn't it? Give wife a Cadbury's finger. Oh, let me rephrase that. <laughs> Buy her a pack of Cadbury's fingers. <laughs> yeah, they're the same thing. They taste exactly the yeah. same biscuit, same chocolate, so it's just in a different format. And it is actually a physical impossibility and against the law yeah. to not finish a whole box of Cadbury's fingers. They just go, nom, 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 Oh, they're gone. That's oh, how you do it. Yeah, you can't, you can't actually replace them in back in the cupboard half full. It's impossible. Try it, it's impossible. There is if there's three of you sat on the sofa watching Oh, yeah, that would, like, you need two packs for that, I think. Disappear, they disappear like a, like an invisible thing that goes. Anyway, Starcade. Oh, yeah, Starcade. This is Starcade, TV's first video arcade game show. A game show for today. Is coming back. Starcade is the old 80s game show where kids played video games against each other, and they actually won proper arcade cabinets. Mm. It was really big in the 80s. It wasn't in the UK, unfortunately, but I have seen some episodes from the US on Tube of Fuse before. Yeah, multi-platform media company Shout Factory has acquired the TV rights to Starcade. Cool. So no release date has yet been set, but they're in production, or they will be. So I take it they're going to be playing retro cabinets. Ah, we don't know, do we? Or they're going to be playing modern console games. I hope it's not console, but I hope it's still an arcade thing. God, I hope not, yeah. Yeah, because that would be a bit of a otherwise, wouldn't it? Yeah. Ooh, we'll look forward to that anyway. Yeah. New, new arcade bar opening in Glasgow Friday the 13th, which was the other day. Not a great day for the Superstitious, that. No. Called Su- Super Barrio, it's called. Yes, Super Barrio uh, in Glasgow. There's not much about the place on their Facebook page. No pictures of the games or even a list of what they have there. But I did have a look at the video they released on the Kickstarter page. It was a dark video with a few close-ups of some of the screens for the games. No idea how big the place is, or much else. So it'd be mm-hmm. nice to know what's going on there. If anyone in Glasgow's been, tell us what it's like. Yeah. Do you know the other week I was mentioning 
Alan Mead in his Arcade Tales book that we, we interviewed him about well, maybe a year ago. Yeah, Comic, not book. They're cool, yeah. He's done another, he has done another one, and it's featuring Arcade Club. So there's pictures of Andy in it, cartoons of Andy, and it's all talking about Arcade Club, how it went from the tiny little minuscule 110 pence up to 200-odd machines, m- massive... Two floors, on the road, all that stuff. Extravaganza! That's the word. Yeah, I looked it. It's really good. When you go on there, on Facebook page, click on one of the first picture, and then scroll through them left and right. It's easy to see the pictures then, because it's quite difficult to see them just as they are. But you can see a big picture of each one. It's really nicely drawn. Really cool. Mm, yeah. I like it a lot. Maybe do one about us one day. I think they should do. I doubt it. We're not very... Uh, aesthetically <laughs> pleasing <laughs> just just do a block with our faces blanked out or something Vic and Steve O'Malley yes just just pens. some hair and a beard yeah just floating in midair yeah. with, a, with a microphone in front of them <laughs> oh also this is a weird one I, I can't believe he, he worked this out and found out Alex our Nintendo again found that Ikigami the old uh, Japanese company that used to make games for Nintendo Donkey Kong <laughs> Monkey Magic, Space Fever, Sky Skipper, all that sort of stuff. They've mm-hmm. got an office in Sunbury, which is about three miles up the road from us, because me and Alex live quite close to each other. They've got an office there, because they make uh, TV, high-end TV video cameras now. Alex went mm-hmm. over there, he, saw, he got a picture of his silly little face, all looking happy outside the, the, the sign there, and he talked to one of the managers there. And when he was talking to him, the guy's eyes lit up, apparently, when Alex mentioned Donkey Kong and all that sort of stuff. So hopefully, some speaking to Ikigami in Japan may uncover some stuff about early Nintendo games, because I'm sure they're in contact with their Japanese offices as well. That would be really nice if we get some more information, especially on Skyskipper for their project. But how yeah, weird is that, that, Ikigami being up the road from us? It's mad, isn't it's it? It's really crazy. Yeah. Here is another great feature from the Arcade Heroes website. They do these every year. They do arcade games turning 40 in 2017. Then they do another one turning 30 in 2017. Then turning 20 and turning 10. Mm -hmm. So this is the first one of their features. They're normally YouTube videos, but this one is just a page with descriptions on. Okay. So you've got all the, well, not all the classics, but you've got most of the best games, I would say, from 1977 here. Space Wars. Superbug. Oh, I like Superbug when I was when I was young. I don't haven't played it for a long, long time. Mm. Yes, that's a good thing to check out. I like them features. The link is in the show notes. Have a look because the RK We're Heroes website is absolutely brilliant. Loads of information on there. Mm. Also, I found out just the other day, and I'd listened to it earlier. Sky Cursor, the guys from Griffin Aerotech making this game Sky Cursor, have got their own podcast. With all three of them, because we've had two of them on before. We've had Chris and Phil on before. All three mm-hmm. of them, Chris, Brad, and Phil, are on there telling us about their game. And I've put a link in the show notes. Everyone should go and listen to it, and you can find out what's going on with the level four of Skycurse they've just been doing and what else they're up to. Very good. It is very good. Right, some James RGP stuff. I had the pleasure of talking to James last night about some stuff we were, we were discussing. And RGP, as he's so known, has got great things going on at the moment. He's busy fixing PCBs for people, uh, loaning out machines and AV equipment to various parties and shows throughout the country. He's also got a web store with some hard-to-get parts for arcade machines. Uh, the site is https 
colon forward slash forward slash shop dot retrogamesparty.co.uk and the URL is in our show notes. Click on there and see if you can find some parts you might need. It's got many parts and also some interesting improved power PCBs, some dedicated machines. If a part is not there, send him an email and James will see what he can do to find the parts for you because he's getting, he's getting new inventory all the time and he's growing the product range as well. He may even have a lot of the parts already because he uses a lot of bits on his own uh, fixes. Mm. Also, he was also saying, if you were a handy tinkerer and invented some cool arcade stuff, uh, this part of the RGP group can help you sell the stuff through the web store. Again, get in contact with James and he'll tell you all the details about it. He's all about getting arcade stuff to people. He sort of got that across to me last night. He's getting to be a regular real Bob Roberts, which is the, the sort of de facto man to go to in America for all arcade parts. He's got thousands of bits, Bob Roberts. I've used him before mm. as well. And I think James wants to try and do that to, for the UK, sort of by mm. accident, but he's enjoying it now. So hopefully he'll be the guy to go to to get all your arcade RAMs and ROMs and processors and stuff. Very good. The real RGP, we'll have to call him in future. Mm, I interviewed him today for the film that we're doing, Dan Smashing Me and You. Excellent. Stay gold, kids. Stay, Stay gold. gold. He's even going to get some gear to do some reverse printing onto Perspex. He's getting a big printer so he can do side art and stuff as well. But apparently he said there's a process he can get done to put the, the printed media onto Perspex screen for doing marquees and, and proper back bezels and stuff. So that's really interesting, because that would be handy for some of the builds I want to do this year. Any more news? I think that is the, concludes the news for this show. Excellent. On to our next segment. Arcade pickups. Right, first one for me. It's a cabinet. I've got another cabinet. I have to yeah, Pac-Mania. I think we, we've sort of hinted at it already. Mm. I've got the Pac-Mania cab. It came. It came, actually, a day after we recorded the last podcast. So it came mm-hmm. on the Monday, which was good. Uh, certain bits didn't work, but now they do, as I alluded to earlier. There's some bits and bobs weren't quite there. And now they're working. It's working fine. The, the monitor has got some sort of interference on it. You can play it okay. It looks okay. But it looks grainy. I think there's a ground problem somewhere. But I've got another chassis to go in there. So I have to try that when I can get another part for it. But yeah, everything's okay on it. It works good. I've got over a quarter of a million playing it. Good game. Good game. Good game. Not them. Obviously the theremin kit. Which is all the parts. We do better theremin ourselves. That's good, that. They had it on the Star Trek, didn't they? The music. I think they used the theremin on that as well. Could have done. Yeah. Could have done. Or maybe it's just voices. I don't know. We can't remember. So, all in bits. Uh, Also, this is an almost pickup. Mm. I was very close to buying my favourite pinball table for thousands of pounds. <laughs> it was offered to me at a very good price. It wasn't that many thousands of pounds, but it was in the thousands. It was yeah. a four-figured thing. But the thing was absolutely mint, and I, was, I could afford it at the time, and I was so close to get it. Uh, it was a really good offer, and I was told, you know, in the future, if I wanted to get rid of it, I'd get rid of it quite easily for the same price or more money than any increase in value. And I said to my lovely wife, Tori, this part, this thing's come up. It's my fault. She said, why don't you just get it? I said, I can't put it anywhere. There's no room in the garage. She said, no, just put it in the front room. I was like, no, I don't. And she was the one who wasn't the voice of reason for a change. It was me saying, mm. I can't. And in the end, I just said, 
I really can't. And even the guy said, I can keep it at my place until you find somewhere for it, for as long as you like. And I was like, no, I can't. So I gave it up. I didn't have it. I'm sort of regretting it a little bit now. What pinball was it? It was World Cup 94. I don't mm-hmm. like football, hate football, but love that pinball. It's my favourite one. It's got a spinning football when you get a, a multi-ball and it fires the balls all over the place. It's really, really yeah. cool. It's a really nice game. And this one was absolutely mint. And it was it was good price for what it was as well. Very good price. Oh, well. Yeah. I also bought more arcade stuff. Any sort of dull stuff. I bought these. Let me just get one out for you. It is a three-figured, three-digit voltmeter. Russell, Russell, Russell. And it's a little, a little sort of LED display. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can show how much your arcade cabinet's given out on the volts. Because you know you need a decent 5 volt and a decent 12 volt to run an arcade board. Yeah. It tells you, without putting a multimeter on it, what voltage it's running at. So you put that in line with the 5 volts, and even the 12 volts you wanted a 12. And it tells you exactly what voltage it runs at. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's a nice little, really nice blue LEDs as well. So it looks really cool. Blinging. <laughs> so you can keep an eye on your naughty electrics. Oh, Ooh, you know what they're like. I've also caved and ordered a pie to jammer board because lose mm. Lewis lose. Yeah, just he kept tempting me by showing screenshots of these games running really nicely on his cab. So I've so just ordered one. one. I went, oh fiddlesticks! I'll buy one. So I did. I've bought it and I'm waiting for it to arrive. Hopefully, it'll come Monday. It will come Monday, right, when I've got to edit this stupid podcast. I won't be able to play it, so I've got to set it up mm. and get me pie ready and all that sort of stuff. Don't! So hopefully <laughs> it'll come Tuesday, so that'll be even better. So another thing I was going to ask you, now we're in 2017, mm. what do you want to pick up in 2017? What plans have you got for buying stuff? Well, I had a plan for early this year, just after Christmas, to get a candy cab. Yes. But that is going to have to go on hold a bit because we've got to get a new car. We need a new car. You know when you start paying out like yeah. every couple of months for repairs and stuff. So that's got to come first. But I'm going to get this year, at some point, a candy cab yep. with a single-player control panel, groovy MAME setup. Excellent. Probably horizontal setup i would think yeah for all the yeah. shooters yeah. yeah it's probably the best one that's what i want just so you can like the japanese do sit relatively comfortably in front of a big screen and play your favorite games absolutely excellent stupid mm. car of yours stupid stupid car. bless it it's done it's nearly done hundred thousand miles oh that's getting there isn't it it is for a little coarser yeah oh stupid car breaking down how dare it <laughs> for me it's going to be a Dig Dug Cabaret mm. or to make one because they're very hard to find. There's quite a few in America, I suppose. Uh, there's only one in the UK as far as I know and I think the guy who's got it won't sell it. I wish he would. I'd give him my euro and some money for it if he wants to do that. But yeah, Dig Dug Cabaret. It's the same shape as a Centipede Cabaret or a Tempest Cabaret. Mm. I would like to get a Tempest as well. I know they're quite pricey but I wouldn't mind getting a Tempest. I do like Tempest. Great little game. What was that cabaret you were going to build? You said... You, you, oh, was it a scramble? Was it a scramble? I was going to do another Isis cab, a sub-electro Isis, to go with my little one I've got already, so I can have a horizontal and a vertical. Hmm. So I might do one of those in the future. Depends on how much room I've got left, I suppose. But I, I, I'm hankering after making another cabinet, because I do like making doing the woodwork parts of it. And I'll have to make a little fixture at work to, to bend thin steel plate. So I can make the little the marquee retainers and stuff for it as well, which I've been meaning to do for a while because it's quite a simple 
manual device to make one and I can actually make that so yeah this year hopefully I'll be doing something to do with that making a cab or buying buying a few but I definitely want to make one again I do like making the cabs but I can't justify to myself making a cabinet when there's two cabs in my garage not working at the moment the, the centipede just needs a PCB then that'll be a runner and the battle mm. zone will need PCB restoration cleaning blah 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 and some bits and bobs to do with it but yeah they won't take too long but I just need to get them done then I'm clear in my own mind to make another cabinet another cabaret cabinet so that's how it's going for me right I have actually had some pickups I've just come back from Arcade Club I met Tagster the guy from Australia yeah who's come over he's he's been over there seven years he was based in the West Midlands he's been He's come over for a bit, and he's, he was at Arcade Club. We had a few games together, played golf together, and Ooh. I know Darren Dasborg was going to bring me send over biscuits, but Tagster's bought me biscuits as well. Ooh. Here we have kids, Tim Tams. Can you see that? I can see a t- Arnott Tim Tam from Australia. From Australia, and that are, they are very, very similar to penguins. Are you going to send me one? No. What? Then we're going to... Uh, yes, I mean. Oh. Then we're going to have to do a taste challenge, you see. And I've got some hundreds and thousands, some strange biscuits <gasps> with. Oh, they look really good. They do and look good. Some more Arnots. Called they are called iced vovos. Iced vovo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't get you wouldn't want to get your vovo iced, would you? Ooh. No. Ooh, and old vovo. It's very generous, Mr. Tag. A caramello koala Cadbury's chocolate bars. Is that just like a dead koala covered in chocolate? Uh, it's a small pack, so it might just be parts of a Bits koala. Bits of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Fairy friends, Cadbury's things. Flipping it. Uh, How many has he bought you? Surely no, that's no. to share with me, surely. They pr- he did say that, or he may not have. No, he did, yeah. Um, yeah, you saved some, though. They look really nice. I want, I want some of them. And some official lanyards from Pax Australia. Look at them, too. Oh, cool, nice. They're cool, aren't they? I presume he went to Pax, then. Yeah, Sunday. Excellent. Did he say it was good? Uh, I didn't ask him. I forgot because I can't remember anything. Well, our dad's and, Darren Borg told us it was pretty cool, groovy yeah, anyway. And he, he's done a load of illustrations for Walter Day's trading card set. Oh, yes. Tagster does the shoes as well, doesn't he? Doesn't he illustrate yeah. the shoes? Oh, hello. Let's have a look at these then. So he's given me... Give me the, he did. He's done the Tim, Tim, Tim McVeigh one and Tim signed it. Can you see that? <gasps> That's really cool. He's a really a good artist, one. isn't he? Yeah, and that's another signed one from Tim McVeigh. Man vs. Snake. Cool. Trading card. Superstars of 2016, Alan Turing. Programmed an early chess game. That's another illustration he's done. Oh, nice. Greg Yob, who did Hunt the Wumpus. Do you remember <gasps> Hunt the Wumpus? Yeah, it's a very early game, isn't it? Yeah. Cool. So it's a couple of them. Nice. I think these are a lot of Australian guys. Well. Don Daglo, first graphical MMORPG. Oh, cool. Massive multiplayer online role-playing game. The yeah, one. and there's, there's about another 10 here. Wow. And here's a, here's a funny one he did, which is a very good Donkey Kong player. Australia's number one Donkey Kong player, Alan Strahl, who signed it. Oh, nice. And the picture's upside down, look. Because <laughs> it's Australia's upside down. <laughs> That's very clever. E. E. Excellent. I like that. So another one by him signed. So thank you very much, Tag. So that is a lot of stuff. Is there nice anything else? one. That's very good. That's it. That's yeah, it. We... And on to yes. Listener feedback. 
we have some feedback from Mr. John Monkus this time. He's put Flicky Game of the Year. Hooray. Also, if uh, Vic feels like Dr. Mario would just go on forever, as you said, then I'd say go and check out level, level 20 and try and complete that. That's kind of a challenge. I did. I had a look at it, and there's 86 virus on that level. Mm. That's a lot of virus. And did I had you... a quick go and went, nah. But the thing is, I'll tell you another thing that's quite good about that game. You know, I mm. sent, I gave my oldest son a tabletop, bar-top arcade machine, because he's always wanted one. He was really yeah. pleased with it. And he got his wife, Sarah, onto Dr. Mario. And mm-hmm. she would not get off it, apparently. He, couldn't, he had to drag her away at nights. And yeah. she has beaten my wife's score. She wow. had 200 and something thousand. And wife has sort of admitted defeat now and go, oh, I just can't play it. Because you do play it for a long, long time. But Sarah mm-hmm. got really good at it, and she completed it. How cool is that? That's good. Getting That's the kids good. into gaming, yes. <laughs> Richard Broadhurst, great podcast again, as always. When making an extension cable, remember I did that on one of the tech tips? Yeah. I usually plug the two connectors together. It makes it much harder to misalign the connections, and for more delicate connectors, reduces the chance of melting the connector from a pin to move. That's a good idea. He was also going to suggest Port's home computer game section and was going to offer his carnival that he wrote for the BBC... And I've put Mm. some links in here for these different games. And his Frogger as candidates. He was leaving his Astro Blaster until he's added the Sideways RAM extras, which is a feature you can use on the BBC B computer if you've got Sideways RAM. But that Mm. version of Astro Blaster is nigh-on arcade perfect. I've seen it. It's really good with speech and everything. The the Mm. weird sound effects on it, he's got almost, I think, bang on. It's really, really... I'm, I'm looking forward to when that comes out, actually. It's awesome. That's really good. I'll put the links in the show notes for his games. I think you can actually download them and play them on an emulator or put them on a BBC if you've got one. Right, excellent. He also says there were many okay home versions of Carnival, but possibly none worse than the BBC Micro original Carousal or Carousel. Carousal? Carousal. He also said Frogger has a huge range of ports, including what looks like a good recent port for the Commodore 64, which I've put also a link, and I've downloaded it, and it is Nyon Arcade perfect it looks really really good it's really well made that's from the hakutu team which is sort of a, a bunch of programmers on the Commodore 64 really mm. good i've had a lot of feedback and texts so let me give, let me give him one of these <laughs> from Trollnads yep. for using save states to practice levels on alien syndrome i think right? he should be barred from this particular game <laughs> he's you're he's, looking guilty there and fidgeting mr holly <laughs> he's put stuff like he's, he's sort of adopted a high score and put save state 63 like on a high score picture <laughs> and he's, he's got like an f7 key where you press shift and f7 to save the state and it's all melted down <laughs> so what we were talk, you doing we yeah, let's about, talk about well we need to make some decisions about this because mm. some of our listeners one of them troll nads I've been mm. saying we shouldn't really be using save states because save state on MAME, the multi-arcade machine emulator, if you get to a certain level, say you do the first three levels of Alan Syndrome, for instance, Alien Syndrome, and you don't lose a life, if you hit Shift and F7 and you tell it the position to save to, you can save to number one, it will save mm. that state. So if you get killed two minutes later, you can press F7, go back to state number one, and start from exactly where you left off. And then you can obviously mm. avoid things. And it's very, very useful 
for say level four, which is a bit of a, a swine on that particular game, you can get there and then just start a level four, and you can practice level four, level four, level four, level four, level four. So yeah. when you, you've sort of got into level four and you know how to do it easy, you can then start at the very beginning and do a full game with no save states and do level one, two, three, and then you practice well on level four and then get to level and progress and progress. So it's a, That's what a very good way of learning a game without having to go because when we talk about the game, I'll sort of indicate why it is a good idea to use save states on certain games. So you're not getting bogged down with doing the first three levels of every single game, every single time, and getting frustrated with it. Mm. So it's a good idea. But when you do a score, all our listeners out there who are are running along with the scores and sending scores in, we want no save states. We just want you to do a whole game. So if you want to use save states, it's fair enough. It's up to you what you want to do to practice. But when you put a score in, that score wants to be done naturally. One credit, yep, no play the yep. game until you die off, and then send us that score. Take a picture or whatever you want to do. We don't really need pictures, just just an idea of what you've got. It's all done on trust. And mm. if you're going to get billions and billions and you're cheating, you are the loser, not us. Mm. So I think safe sets are good for, for helping yourself out. But when you do a proper score and you want to submit the score, don't bother with the safe states. Simple as that. Yeah, I see it as saving time, actually. So instead of getting to, say, the level four boss, which I think a lot of people struggled with, mm-hmm. and dying 20 times all the way through, why not save state before you just get to the level boss room and then fight him 20 times? It takes 20 times quicker. You get to a point where you can beat him, I'd say, 50% of the time without losing a life. I still normally lost a life on him, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, I think most people did, yeah. I got there with three lives, so I was all right. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. I practiced and practiced. And then my score is all the way through from level one, all the way through till I died. No save states. Yeah. But it has divided opinion, like a dividey thing. Like a big dividey thing, put in, in right in the middle of an opinion. <laughs> well, the best thing to do, if you want to sort of settle a score with someone like Trollnads, is take them to Arcade Club and then beat them at Kung Fu Master and Dig Dug. Yes. That's usually the way to slap him around the ear roll. <laughs> there you go, Mr. Trollnuts. He, he, he. To me. So, Mr. Ian Cullen listened to the end of the podcast this morning, overjoyed with his joint third place in the yearly rankings. And I'll give him a harumph because he drew with me. Yes. Benson Rad will be the perfect start to my southern train pain, which starts again tomorrow. That's, we've heard about that on the news, haven't Controversial, we? So, yeah. Southern, southern... Rail are awful. Mm. So hopefully we'll bring a smile to his face while he's stuck in a queue somewhere. Cine Steve, happy new year, guys. And what a great show to, to end the year. My game room is pretty much how I want it now, so hopefully less tinkering and more playing, as I hope to try all the featured games this year. Could I add either Solomon's Key, ooh, I really like Solomon's Key, or mm. Armoured Car to the listener picks? Yes, you may, Steve. We'll put them in there. Never mm. too involved with either of them, but always like the look of them all the best. Solomon's Key is on the 19-in-1. Oh, it's a good little puzzle game, actually. I got stuck on a level. It's very, very good. Mm. Yeah, all the best, Mr. CMP. What an awesome podcast! Great idea to review the whole year. So much to look back on, and so many laughs. It's the second time each of the ten pence orchestra songs have made me laugh out loud in the quiet <laughs> train carriage. 
I saved this new podcast until I went back to work just to take the pain out of the whole return to normality after Christmas. Mm. I think I'll join you on the 16-in-1 challenge this year. Maybe someone who likes spreadsheets can create a Google sheet or something to track everyone. Should do, shouldn't I? I know someone who likes spreadsheets. I love them. I love them. I do. Another podcast feature could be tips for each 16-in-1 game, just aimed at getting you to five screens done as opposed to scoring high, etc. You got me thinking of my arcade game of the year when you were on about about it and i pretty quickly decided on nintendo's sheriff not surprising there i played it for the first time in over 30 years at alex's when i picked up a cab from him and bought the taito cocktail that surfaced on ebay and i love playing the sega tour cocktail at revival solstice honorable mention goes to atari video pinball which looks and plays fantastically it does i was also offered an atari video pinball well, yeah. By the same person who offered me the uh, pinball machine. I really like Atari Video Pinball. I think it might be a di- it's a very deep cabinet, isn't it? So it might be a bit too deep for my little arcade. And it'll be mm. quite pricey as well. I'm still kicking myself in the shin, you know, because about ooh, eight or nine years ago, I didn't buy Atari Video Pinball for £150 on eBay. Oh. What a moron I am. But I'd never really played it back then, so I didn't know. Peter Cayman, Sweden. I enjoyed it too. Keep up the great work. Mm. Nets for Life says it was pretty epic. Arcade hand always makes me laugh, especially at the end. <laughs> That's good. But anyway, it's been a busy year. Looking forward to the next podcast already. Uh, Giles Rowe. This is a, a new one. Uh... Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. He saw me today at Arcade Club. He, he was going to say hello, but I was 250,000 points into a game of Flicky. First level view, in it? Yeah, he should have said hello. Yeah, because I, I didn't really do very well in the end anyway. Just pull his beard and say hello to him. <laughs> and the last one of the feedbacks, Neil twenty to five, our Neil sixteen thirty seven. Thanks, guys. What a great review of the year. It was good to be reminded of the games we played together. More great banter as well. Most of which I've forgotten as I type this. Didn't know of Sean's spreadsheet love either. Ooh, oh, I love a good pivot table. Question. Oh God, yeah, they're good then. I'm not sure what that means. As for this week's game, played it, hated it, played it, liked it, played it, loved it. But mean, but man, that level four boss, really. Here's to another great year of casting, guys. Hope to see you at some of the events this year. Got tickets for Play Expo, Glasgow, and Nurg so far already. Wow. Glasgow. He's actually, he's sort of Yorkshire where it's not mega distance from, I think. Mm-hmm. Right, I think that's the feedback. Thank everyone for the feedback. Thank you. Shout out. First shout out for me. The Pier Bandstand Arcade in Weymouth for selling me my Pac-Mania. This is Dave on the shop floor and also Anthony, the owner. Another one for me, Shane Williams, for sending me the power supply PCB and all the parts to make it for my theremin. You don't actually need this, but it smooths out the voltages and noise, which may affect a sensitive instrument like a theremin. He also answered my millions of daft questions about it too. So cheers, Shane. Mm. Oh, one more for me. Uh, Lesley. For fixing my Atari 2600 Junior. It was actually the tier chip in the end that was duff. I didn't have one of those on hand to swap out, but he had one and swapped it and he's fixed it for me. Thank you very much, Leslie. Dean? Hmm. Two shout-outs for me. SM Raiders for 1cc and Dodonpachi Daiuju after 66 hours of practice. Oh, my Lord. If he struggled with that, it's got to be hard. If if the one of the best bullet hell players in the country struggles, it's got to be a hard game. Absolutely. I can I can do a bit of it, but 
later on levels are just insane. You mm. know, they are so difficult. And the shout to Tagster again. Thanks. It's really good to meet you. Right, a real nice guy. And we had a couple of good games together. Yeah, I today. wish I was there actually, but it was impossible mm. for me to get up there today. It would be nice to meet him as well. So cool. Mm. Right, normally we have a tech tip here, but instead we've got music quiz. A music quiz? Yeah. All right. I take it you haven't got one for me, so I'll just do one for you, shall I? No, I didn't do one because I've forgotten. I thought this quiz was just for me. Was I supposed to pick some as well? You can do. We'll do it in the future. I'll sing them. No, don't do that. <laughs> right. Right, this is a music quiz just for Mr. Holly at the moment because I've done one for him and he can do one for me next time. I'm going to have five samples on my phone to play you over the airwaves. Answers at the end. You can give your answers as you hear them or keep them rattling around your tiny head until the end. So the first one goes a little bit like this. Pole position two. Correct. Oh! How did you differentiate between that between pole position one and two? They're very, very similar. I love the tunes on them. Yeah, that's two, definitely. Okay, so the second one, on your starter for ten... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that. Right. So keep that in your brain until the end. I might even play them at the end for you as well. I don't know that one. Okay. Uh, So number three is this. That's very tinny. Is that some kind of like... It's it's a horizontal shoot-up kind of music, that. Might be. Let me play it again for you. Don't know. <laughs> Keep that in your mind. Uh, number four. Rolling Thunder. Yes, that's an easy yeah. one, isn't it? So he's actually covered that one. Right, here we go. L- number five. It's one we've played, isn't it? Might be. Is it, is it Turtles? <laughs> is it Turtles? No. I'm not sure if I give you. I'll give you another chance. So you didn't get number two, number three, and number five. We'll come oh back dear. to them later, shall we? Yeah. I'll play them at the end and see if the listeners have got them as well. Something we've played a really early eighties job. I'll let you think on, but don't tell me until the end. Until I ask you the answers, Ladybug. okay? No, <laughs> do it at the end. Oh. All right, okay. And talking about music, let's have a musical interlude. How about a bit of a remixed Pac-Man theme in ten different ways? Ooh.
Even a bit of ragtime in there. How cool was that? Mm-hmm. Very nice. So, let's get on to our... Featured Game Review. Alien Syndrome, or to us, Alan Sinden. Or to our Japanese friends, Arian Shindramu. <laughs> it's an eight-way joystick, one-button game from Sega in January 1987. So it is exactly 30 years old, kids. 30 years old. 30 years ago today, I was just 44. So this game can be found in two versions. This is Sega's pre-System 16 hardware and System 16B hardware. Basically, a 68K CPU and a Z80 to control the sound and some YM2151 sound chips. Quite advanced hardware by then. Loads of stuff on screen, zillions of colours, parallax scrolling, you name it, this game's got it. And it sounds like this. Round one. The time bomb is set. It's an eight-way scrolling maze shoot-em-up. It's basically, well, what I uh, would think, gauntlet meets smash TV kind of thing. Hmm. You can open hatches on the wall to change your weapon. You you go to and press your fire button, you immediately change your weapon. And you can collect point bonuses from these same hatches, and you can gain two options that follow behind you that are very useful on bosses and shielding your back. These little fellas, little robotic fellas, I like them. Yeah. They wheel around themselves after you. There are maps scattered around too, but the levels aren't big enough to really need a map. No, you keep. You, I think you need them for a start until you get used to the route through you, through the map. I did. I used them for a start. Yeah, there's only six levels, so you, you sort yeah. of, you know, pretty easy. It's a game with six rounds, with a boss in the, a boss room at the end of each round, and then a final mega boss. The game is a top-down view type of game. Mm-hmm. At the start of each level, you are told the time bomb is set which is your timer. If you don't make it, you die. You need to rescue ten hostages to open the exit to the boss fight. More comrades are littered around, but you don't have to rescue them all, which is a bit of a crap rescuer, aren't you, if you don't rescue all of them. And also, they give good bonus points. Mm, the 150 seconds when the time bomb is set, mm-hmm. but you can't change this in the dips, that's the ones we, the default ones we did. And then you get a further 30 seconds to add on your time when you reach a boss room. I had a little bit of an issue with this, Yes. When I was first playing it on my my Naomi Universal in the garage with my MAME on it, I was playing this and I wasn't getting the 30 seconds extra when I went into the, the boss room. And right. I replaced the ROM with, I think, the same one again, and it was okay then, but I think there might have been something corrupt with the ROM that I had. Maybe it was an older version or something, I don't know. Right. But I got it in the end, because I, I couldn't do the first level quickly to get the big bonus, which we'll talk about. But yeah, you get an extra 30 seconds added on to whatever level you've got left. So you can take, get all the hostages and take it right down to very close to nothing and then you'll get an extra 30 to do the boss. And you can usually do it within that time, okay. Mm. Jungler. Is no. it Jungler? No, no I've told you. You can do the music quiz at the end. I'll give you an <laughs> opportunity to get some more at the end. Okay. In this game, Alien Syndrome, you get to play as a geezer or a lady. Ricky and Mary. But in my mind, they are Dave and Jackie. Yeah. What, Dave? All right, Jackie, love. All right. <laughs> this is also a two-player cop game where you can play as these characters together, making it even more like Gauntlet or Smash TV. The girl character has a rather fetching yellow jumpsuit. It's very nice. Yes. 
It, when you collect these power-ups, well, actually, when you open the hatches to get the power-ups, there's there's different symbols. F is fireball. Yeah. B is bomb. A boom. A boom. It's not fireball, actually. It's flamethrower F. It's it like is a flamethrower. Flame yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite yeah. handy, that one. Bombs are useless because they just don't seem to shoot. They seem to launch over the top of they it. They have an arc, don't they? So if you're very close yeah. to an alien, it'll go over the top of it and miss it. You've got to be a distance away. Rubbish. Lasers, my favourite. They're fast and long-ranged. That's exactly what you want. Lasers all the time, baby. The shot, which is the weapon you start with, which actually I, I use for close-range stuff until I get the laser. I don't. I was getting the fireball, which is FB. Yeah. Until I got the laser, but actually I kept with the shot because it's easier, isn't it? Yes, yeah, very quick. And then the, an O is an option. You can get two of them, and then also there's the map as well. Mm-hmm. So level one is a dreary coloured space station with pink blobby enemies and one or two green ones. The pink punks can regenerate themselves, whereas the green ones spit snotty stuff at you. Mm. The exit is right at the top in the centre. There are two gated areas with goodies and comrades in. Get to the exit. And fight Asafi. I said ass. Laser him in the belly when it unzips, like a sleeping bag full of purple squiggly things. He also fires the same yellow fire as the aliens on level two. When you've hit him a few times in the tum-tum, he sort of explodes and fires his gammy hand at you. Don't walk on the blue cack. His explosion leaves behind because it kills you. And you'll lose a life. And avoid the gammy hand too when he fires at you. Then shoot the lurching thing in the face a few times to turn it to goo. It's a Ooh. weird head that turns into a bitey monster thing. Strange. The baddies are strange. I've also realised on the game, you know in your little hatches, if you get a question mark one, that's got mm. bonus points in it from 500 up to about 9,000 points. Oh, yeah, and it's very it's random as well. It's, not yeah, it's the very same random. Every, it's odd, yeah. It's not the same every time you go to the same hatch, which I thought it may be, but it's not. So level two is a chain-link floor space station. This level... Is the one I always thought had got corrupt graphics. It doesn't look right, does it, when you first look at it? No. But it's actually a chain. There's sort of stuff underneath it. It just doesn't look right. Even though you completed the last level with the laser and the two options, you start this level and every level after it with just a basic shot weapon. It strips you down to your basic weapon again. Mm, Which isn't that bad. No, it's okay. So you get pink, blue, and green big-heeded monster aliens. The pink ones wander around aimlessly, but will fire yellow spitty things at you now and again. Blue ones home in on you and fire the yellow spew. And the green ones regenerate of an alien egg sack thingy. Shoot it mm. lots of times to remove it. 100 points each hit. So you can get quite a few points out of those things. Loads of opening doors to explore on this level. Don't try and walk where there are no chain link floors. Otherwise you'll fall to your death. Exit top centre again. Go inside for a fight with Hugger. Which is not very scary. It's like a pink scrotum type thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That has yeah. more scrotumy type things circling it to protect the sack of spherical objects. Keep shooting at it a lot and fending off attacks by the nine icky crawly things it keeps lobbing out. They sort of crawl towards you very slowly. Uh, it melts when you kill it. Easy to do with the fire, which I, what I do. If you do the level with the fire, you just keep firing it. And when the wiggly woggly things come towards you, just do a quick spin move. And it, it clears all the things around you. It's very easy to get rid of because the fire's got quite a long range on it. Yeah, I did I did actually keep with a laser with that and I used every time it spat the stuff out, I stayed dead in the middle of the screen so I could shoot the main guy. I did that, I, but it is a lot easier with the fire. It's just simply you just go a quick full turn with a joystick and you, you just take out everything around you. So it's really easy with the fire. 
So level three, this level is a suspended floor over a kind of alien sea. This is only there's only one alien creature enemy on this level, a bouncing green spider thing that launches their eyes at you. Yeah, it's not their iPads, just their eyes. Eyes. They also jump up from the slower levels to your level. They're easy to kill, but can gang up on you sometimes with their evil eyes. There are bridges to other parts of the level, and it's very easy to fall off to your doom. This is probably the easiest level, as there are seven comrades in your immediate vicinity around you. Scoop them up, get another three stragglers, and you're off to have a scrap with the googly-eyed slobber chops, or tack a pee. Make sure you have a laser take and bl- a pee. Tack a- Take a pee. Take a pee. Oh, I didn't realise. Ooh, no. Make sure you have the laser and blast with the green blobby goo. Hit the beastie in his surrounding eyeballs, then kill his brain in the middle. Avoid his circling eyeballs and the wiggly worms he spits out. Piece of cake. The first three levels, I can do without losing a life. Mm. No problem at all. Easy peasy every single time. Level four. This is the stumbling spot for me. Space station in deep space. Has see-through doors and annoying monster generators that take an age to remove. They spit out a slinky-type moving alien, which has a number of floppy segments to get rid of. Go left and up, and get the laser as soon as possible. These aliens, while annoying and hard to kill off, are easily avoided. Get the comrades and bugger off to the exit, which is top right. Many gated doors to this level. Get to the end to fight Minnow, a fishy-looking thing. It fires groups of two blue projectiles at you, plus a fast-moving red one when you least expect it. Hit it in the face a few times, and it's gone. It flaps around a lot, annoyingly. Now, Mm. this level... Another thing, I had a bit of a stumbling spot on this. When I was playing this game, I didn't realise I was playing it with a four-way joystick. (laughs) But on this four-way joystick, right, you can actually go diagonal, but you have to push the diagonals quite hard, and it will still hit the two switches on the joystick. When I put it over to eight-way, it was a lot easier. Because you do need to have good diagonals on this game, especially Mm. to avoid these things on level four. So the best way to do level four is ignore the aliens, just kill off the ones you really need to kill off, and I just did, go and grab yeah. the, the, the people and go to the exit. It's that simple. That's it does what I get did. a lot easier. So that's the way not to try and kill too much because you run out of time. It's mm. quite time dependent on that level. But that is a hard level. The, last, the, the boss level is very, very close to you and it fires quite quickly and it's very easy to get hit by his fire. So when I actually did the level just a few times before I got bored and stopped playing it, I think I, I killed him twice and I lost a life or two doing it. So I didn't do it without losing life. It's just too difficult. It's very, very quick. So level five, I have seen level five because I watched a video. It's a glass ceiling level. Your vision from above is obscured by a kind of frosted glass effect. Yeah, that's the worst part of the game for me because you get cheap deaths because the these little slug things burrow up through the floor. Yes. They... Yeah, your view is obscured by these. There's, some, there's like kind of diamonds in this ceiling glass, isn't there? Yeah, it's really annoying. I don't know what they they made the game hard by doing this, and it, it makes it unfair, I think, because it's obscuring your view. Otherwise, the game would still be pretty challenging, I think, on that level, because the things that chase you chase you really fast. Mm. So you've got to be careful not to let them burrow underneath you for a start, and then they chase you. So it's quite difficult anyway. So what I was doing in the end is avoiding the diamond bits in the ceiling. So I was sort of zigzagging through the level, ah. making sure the things weren't over the top of me so I could see what was yeah. coming. I think that was a bit unfair, that bit. Mm. The bad guys are arse slugs, that's what I call arse them. Slugs. Arse slugs. Wow. They burrow under the floor and pop up. Easy to kill, but they can chase you really quickly. Eek! <laughs> Exit is far right top corner. Fight a thing called Yakoti. 
It looks like an alien snail with a pair of woman's bazookas on the back of its head. Did you notice that? <laughs> yeah. It has a bunch of licky alien idiots on the screen to get in your way, but you just kill one in front of it, then fire at it before it fires back at you and turn your back on it. Because if you've got your two little O robot buddies, they're a shield. Yeah. So you just stand in front of it, kill it a few times, turn around, let it shoot you, turn back, repeat and rinse, rinse and repeat, and he's done. He's gone. He leaves an avocado-shaped hole in the floor. Did you notice that yeah, as well? That's nice. Very middle class. I bet he got it from Waitrose. <laughs> I I kill the bottom two aliens in that level, the bottom two little tongue guys, yeah. and Mickey, then I shoot Mickey him diagonal, diagonal right, shoot him. Oh, okay. So level six, the last proper level. It's a pink terrain place with areas you can lemming yourself off at. Loads of places to fall through. Mm. Yellow and pink wormy things and blue and pink wormy things chase you on this level. The blue ones slime themselves out of the walls. It's got a good little effect, that. I like the animation mm. to that. They both home in on you. The baddies fire spiders at you as well. Ooh. Exit top right when you have a bunch of comrades to fill your comrade-ometer. Minimore is waiting for you in the alien boss area. He's a back-to-front-legged thing with a fat face. He fires out faces that turns a really crappy centipede with little black sticky arms and legs. I think they got mm. bored by the name and the enemy design by here. <laughs> Hit this thing in its lighty up when shot belly, and it will soon be gone. When he dies, he spits into splits into arms and legs and his daft fat face with a really dumb expression. Oh, do you know what I do? Really badly drawn bad guy, this one. I think I Strange. honestly thought they got bored. It was really nah. As soon as I get into the boss room, I go straight to the bottom right of the... Well, underneath the guy. Yes. If, if as quick as you can, and shoot up. So you're hitting his, hitting his belly, his weak point, yeah. as many times as you can, as quick as you can. Then you don't have to deal with as many as those centipedes, you know. The centipedes... Have you seen some of the little things, uh, the little videos on, on internets where they've got an, an animated object, like, uh, say, a chimney falling down, and someone's put little black arms and legs on it, a little face on it? Yeah, it looks exactly like that. They just put little stick armors on these wiggly things, and it's just so poorly done. So level seven, last level, not actually numbered on the level screen in the center. This is just the end level boss. No normal run around level. The monster is very disappointing. I think the designers did this on a Friday afternoon after a few pints. Dan a boozer. <laughs> it's a big face with disjointed ears and a flappy mouth. On the back of it is a swan neck with an evil face. With horns, obviously. There are four squares with doors and some very poorly animated flashing lights. I think this is supposed to denote that this is a control centre of some sort. My first computer class had more sophisticated control centres, full of ZX81s. Mm. Rubbish. You only have to <laughs> you only have your pew pew weak weapon, the shot weapon. But what you do is you go right up in front of it, hack away. When a swell of projectiles comes in, avoid them, run back out the way so you avoid the projectiles coming into the centre. Come back out, go back in, keep doing this until he's alien toast. Mm. You run on to see a shed load of your rescuees all waving at the same time. You have to get to have a smooch with a lady character, or vice versa, I suppose, if you play the lady. Then you get this guff. In the year 2000 AD, the war ended and peace was temporarily restored to the Earth. However, no one knows when the alien force will make another attempt to invade and conquer our planet. In the event that such a catastrophe again <laughs> befalls us, only you can come to our rescue. It's a catastrophe. A catastrophe. What is a catastrophe? It's like a catastrophe, but it's worse. And it's spelt wrongly on the last level because it's so poorly made. Do you know, uh, 
a tip for that last bus. Go on. Do you know the the big silly face? You can actually walk right over it. It's the, the collision detection. You're only killed by the swirly things. Oh, really? So you can walk right up over the face to shoot the the swan neck guy at the back. Oh, that is so poor, isn't it? <laughs> oh easier. dear oh dear that is really that's just a, a really crap enemy for the last one isn't it you think it'd be a, a real good looking thing mm. no they couldn't be but they ran out of ram ran out of memory all this sort of stuff and went ah sod it a big swan neck thing with horns will do won't it <laughs> no sega <laughs> it will not do it is all weird all the backgrounds are weird so what's your play tips and secrets for this thing well, do yours first, because I didn't really have that many. I just sort of uh, watched a video to get some ideas and sort of went about it my own way. Level two is the only level I tried, the end level boss, I tried to do with a different weapon from the laser. The laser seemed to do everything. The laser was the most powerful, longest reach, and the quickest, really. So I, I did yeah. level two with a flamethrower. As I said, it was quite easy to, to circle the flames around you when the little things are ganging up on you. Yeah, I put always try to make sure you get to the boss level with a laser and two options. I do absolutely learn the quickest route through the level. We only get two hundred points for dispatching enemies and only a hundred for rescuing comrades, mm-hmm. but a much bigger time bonus at the end. So go for speed. And I know we found out later that if you collect all the comrades, you get more and more points. But if you get to the uh, destroy the boss with a hundred seconds or more on the counter, you get sixty thousand bonus. Ooh. And I was able to do that eventually on level one, four, and five. Oh, well, because level four is the one where you've just got to run around and get them quick, isn't it? Mm. So, yeah, I suppose you could. Yeah, level four, the baddie's quite hard, but I suppose if you get, you only have to hit him a few times, but he's so difficult for the stuff he's spitting out at you. But I suppose, yeah, yeah you could do it like that, yeah. The thing is, right, when I was playing this, I was going for comrades because. On the 11th comrade and onwards to number 17, you get 1,000 points, 2,000 points, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, 6,000, and 8,000 points for the last comrade. So it does pay to get every last Mother Hubbard in the room. But you, the 60,000 bonus is more than that lot. It's way up, more, it? yeah. So I think on the levels where you can't do it in 100 seconds, go and get the comrades. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, so that's the thing with that one. Hmm. I think that's it. That's my play tips. Yeah, use the laser as much as you can. Learn learn the quickest route you can through the room. Well, I did through the level. Yeah. While picking up your ten guys. Yeah, absolutely. So, the thing with the game with me is, I was getting killed on the first three levels. Do it, no problem without losing any life. But because you haven't got much of a spread on your shots, it was I was getting killed by the baddies just by walking into them, because they sort of flummox around. They don't really go for you, they just wander around aimlessly. And if you're trying to rush around, you get hit by one, and it's really annoying. I was like, oh, for God's sake, and starting again. That's what really annoyed me about the game, is having to do the first three levels again, every, mm. every single time. So, you know, I think the save state thing, and then have a, a load of decent, proper goes, is the way to go about it, especially on games like this. Yeah, I yeah, it's, it does save time really. Because instead of getting to a level you can't do twenty times and battling through it, like I've said, mm-hmm. just save state, get good at it, and then go back and don't cheat and go all the way through. Absolutely. Yeah, I know some people are gonna not gonna agree, but that's that's how I enjoy playing them really. Sodom. <laughs> so the graphics and sound in this game, it's it looks good. It's sixteen bit lovely cheesiness. Yeah. Uh, not many alien types on each level, which is a bit poor, really. Uh, I think this game is nicely done, but some cheap parts about it, and they missed out some bits. 
some of the aliens are just a different colour from the other ones. They're exactly the same animation, just a different colour. Some mm. of the bosses are good, 90s cheesy fun, and the explosions where you get all the goo flying out of them and stuff is quite fun. They're very, very Sega, that. Mm. The animation of the protagonist is very good. Sound is nice and atmospheric, and the speech is decent, generated, roboty speech. You get the level spoken to you as well as the the time bomb is set and hurry up when you're running out of time. And this mm. game was obviously cashing on the aliens bandwagon, which is what we like. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I enjoyed the music, the speech and the sound effects. thought the graphics are good and each level has a style of its own, but the end of level bosses are individual and bizarre. Some of the enemies can be a bit boring, so yeah, similar to you, really. Absolutely, and we, we'll talk about that a little bit later on this, this section as well. But before we do that, let's do some scoring. And uh, Ross Ross to Neil25 on Twitter uh, gave some incentive, because I think Neil wasn't getting into it. And he said, Ross Ross said, beat my final 10p score and I'll send you a sealed and rare Retro Gamer Arcade mug. The time bomb is set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, right, ooh, so here's... Before you go on to do the scores, right? Yes. Have you noticed this little cameo, cameo appearance on the high score table? Yeah, I didn't, but you you saw it, didn't you? And no, you, no, uh, Ian Cullen, I think, sent it in on Twitter uh, for us, so thanks for that. Flicky is in the background. They've popped yeah. him in. Little Flicky's got on the spaceship. He's kind of a mascot, isn't he? Because he later appeared in Sonic. Yes, definitely. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So do us the scores from bottom to top. Right, we've got... And remember, that Charlie Farr's got his own score set, remember? Oh, that is, that's helpful. Yes, it is. Rory, 20 to 5, that's that's the son of Neil, 20 to 5. Oh, we've got some more 20 to 5s. Yeah, into the mix, Nice 30, one. 30,500, thank you for playing. Oh, well done. Ruby, Ruby, 20 to 5, daughter of Neil, 20 to 5. Oh, wow. 15,400. Nice one, kids. Nice one, kids. Then we have giggity 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 goo. Sixty-one thousand troll nads. He's played it twice. He didn't like it. Didn't like it. Don't like it. I'll go and bug Sean about it. Don't like it. Hundred and seven thousand button mashing fun. Hundred and fifty-one thousand silly Steve. Hundred and fifty-eight Matthew Bridge. Hundred and seventy-four Tagster. Two hundred and three Stacy King. Two hundred and six. Mark Happy Dude, 244. Mick Orwell, new player, thank you, 273. Victor Marlin, sir, 289,500. Don't care. Ross, 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 324,000. Getting the good scores now. Paul McCaskey, 331,000. Vip, 353,000. Yeah, well, you got right into that game, didn't he? Yes. Ian Cullen, 366,000. Neil, 20 to 5, when he could get his kids off the cab, 449,600. Oh, he was doing well, wasn't he? Chris Mooncrestor Bootleg got very into it late in the day, 508,000. Ooh. And in second place, um, if Charlie Farr doesn't have his own track, in second place is me with 728,300. I got to level 10. From the start, kids, not using save states. I went from one to level ten. And first is Charlie Farr, eight hundred and fourteen thousand. Oh, that what is pretty sport. good. He completed it and went. Did, did you go around twice as well? Or did he go around twice or nearly? 
nearly twice. I think I got to the fourth boss again on the second loop, but the things, yeah, everything's quicker. You get 120 seconds instead of 150. Okay. And some things are noticeably quicker, like the level two boss where the it spits out all them like pink bags of rubbish. Mm-hmm. They home in on you really quick. Yes, let's look at the cabinet art. Oh, oh my lord! You know, normally we struggle to find cabinet art for some of these games. Mm. This thing's got tons, loads <laughs> yeah. of cabinet art, really nice cabinet art as well. So we've got some pictures on here, which I'm going to try and describe to you, and they're also on the website. So you're going to have a look, and you can click on them, and they'll grab your pictures. Now, the actual one of the cabinet, I'm looking at the cabinet now. It's an upright cabinet with two joysticks. You can play Dave and Freddie and Jane and whatever their names are. Yeah. Dave and Tracy or something. With one button each. And also, the cab is got, on top of it, it's got a monster. It's like an alien head on top of it, like a, a moulded plastic monster which lights up. It's mm. really, really cool. And the actual marquee's really nice. It's got uh, Rod, Jane, and Freddy, or whoever they are, playing on there with some aliens trying to get them with green teeth. And mm. it's a really nice-looking cab. And the side art is really nice. It's like a really weird alien dragon type thing. Really mm. nice artwork on the side of it. So have a look on the website for these. And also, there's a, not on the first picture, but on the, around the outside of the marquee, has got loads of green, mouthy aliens, like big big teeth. Like look Almost look like them things that have attacked the block. Yeah. Which is quite cool. So the artwork on this, they've really gone to town on this game. It's really nice. Because stuff like Flicky, which was sort of released by Sega reasonably the same time, has got quite a boring-looking cab. It's quite a generic cab. But this one they went absolutely nuts on, especially with that topper mm. on top. Really, really nice. Yeah, bezel's good, isn't it? Really good. Mm. So trivia. The trivia. Oh, yeah, we already talked about Flicky. Uh, I found some trivia out on this, Vic. Oh, right. I didn't see this. Where did you get this from? I found it on the internet. In your mind. <laughs> when Dave the Decorator was doing at Buckingham Palace in the late 1980s, he saw an alien syndrome cab complete with Topper. Took, it was tucked away in the corner of the Gary Linick estate room. Oh. Yeah. The high score table was topped by a score of 620,000. That is good. good. With someone of the initials HMQ. Could this be Her Majesty the Queen, HMQ of England? Oh, it might I, be. I have tweeted the Queen to see if, if she did, in fact, do this score, but she hasn't got back to me yet. I think she's on a raid in Norfolk. Yeah, royal raids, they do happen. True trivia. So, ports and sequels for this game. This is quite interesting, this bit. Uh, it's also in the arcade on Sega Megatech hardware, which is based on the Master System version. Hmm. Did, did you play it? I did, actually. I've played the Master System version, which we'll sort of get onto in a sec, actually. So... The versions that were released for the home were Master System and the Game Gear, no Mega Drive version, which is really weird, because I imagine the hardware to be very similar to Mega Drive hardware, because that's a 68K. The MSX got it, Atari ST, Amiga, the PC-DOS got it, ZX Spectrum, Commodore 64, the Amstrad CPC, and the NES. The only port that was worthy of arcade decentness was the X68000 computer in Japan. See, I, I didn't know that the Master System appeared on Sega's Megatech hardware. I thought it was all Genesis or Mega Drive. No, no, Master System. Uh, the Mega Play, which was another similar thing to uh, Megatech, was Genesis hardware. That was a later version. Oh, yeah, the motherboard with only four games on rather than eight, I think. You could right. choose, but that was a Mega Play. There's not many of them around, Mega Plays, but loads of Megatechs. 
Mm. So Sega Classics Collection US version changes the controls to a twin stick setup, which would be quite interesting. Also, the game is an unlockable in Sonic's Ultimate Genesis Collection. It wasn't released on the Genesis, which is really odd. It was released on Sonic's Ultimate Genesis Collection, but it's on the Megatech. Game Gear is very colourful, has multiple alien types per level, and male and female players. The Commodore 64 is a very decent version. ZX Spectrum is quite colourful, but sprites are all monochrome, which and the sound is dreadful on the Spectrum, which is normal for the Spectrum. Uh, the Amstrad CPC is a nasty version, really choppy, and it's got a colour palette of grey, black, and white mostly. Really okay. dull looking thing. MSX, terrible, just like the Spectrum with less colours. The ST is similar to the PC-DOS version with in-game music and effects. The Amiga is similar to the ST. The Fireballs look like Satsumas, though. <laughs> PC-DOS version is a good-looking version, has speech, but no in-game music. Um. The NES looks and, lo- looks and runs a lot like the Master System, but more like the original game. The X- X68000 looks and sounds exactly the same as the arcade, but it looks like someone's put all the graphics through the next resolution down. So it's a tiny bit more blocky, but really, really accurate in the colours and the game. The Master System we will cover in a second. So overall thoughts and improvements of this game, and it's got to do with the the Master System version. Um, Well, you've put on here, a bloody extra life wouldn't have gone amiss, you stingy swine, Sega. Yeah, why no extra life? No extra life on like 200,000 or something, which would be about reasonable, wouldn't it? Yeah, and I've also put some kind of secondary weapon would have been good, like a bomb or a smart bomb, something like that. Yeah, that's a good idea, actually. Because there's nothing. It's a one-button game, which is... You're very simple, isn't it? Strange for 1987, really. Yeah, yeah, very unusual. Things were getting more complicated then, weren't they? Mm. And you have to shoot the monster spawning pods a stupid amount of times before they explode. Maybe 20 times before they explode. All of them, all of the things that spit out monsters, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you do. But level, I think the idea with that, though, is they are real point spinners. Because if you do go for the monsters on level four rather than just running around and collecting the comrades, you get loads of points up. And you can really hammer the points up quick on those. But it ruins your time, so it's a, you know, sort of risk and reward again. Yeah, it's level two, I think, of them generators as well, aren't they? Yes, they're, they're quite quick to kill those ones off. So, for me, I think different aliens on the same levels would be nice, rather than the same one all the time. Uh, time extensions, maybe, if you're running out of time, you want to get more comrades. Mm-hmm. Different weapons for certain parts or bosses, rather than just a laser just eats everything all the time. Maybe you you need the flame weapon to do a, a monster, or it's a lot easier with the, the flame, for instance, rather than just using yeah. the laser for everything. A little bit of thought and design would have been better for this game, I think. They, they did, towards the end of the game, I think they really tapered off, and the end boss, the end boss level, it's just rubbish it's diabolical really the rest of the game is quite good and then the last bit's just junk now the master system is a bit slower and it's a flick screen game rather than scrolling but it's more colorful than the arcade i think and it has Mm. different aliens in the game it's not just the same aliens running around all the time it's a sort of improvement of alien syndrome if only the mega drive could have had this and had the same design as you did the master system version I think mm-hmm. it would be a far, far better game than the arcade version. Right, yeah. So the Master System is quite an unusual game. It's quite a bit different. It obviously cut down. But you have different aliens, and you have like these, these little heads on the level that just fire stuff at you. They're static, like sort of little gun mm-hmm. emplacements. They're quite good as well, I thought. 
a bit different just of aliens running around. Mm. So what would you say overall, a thumbs up? Mm, yeah, I think still it's sort of had a reverse 10 pence effect on me. No, the 10 pence effect on me because I used to quite like it and I was always struggling to try and you know do the different levels. And I got through the levels quite well. I was learning and the curve was going quite well until level four, which ruined the game for me because I wasn't using save states. I only used them a few times in the end because when you were sort of going through it with troll nads about it, I thought, oh, I'll try doing level four just with a save state. But I, I don't really bother with them half the time. I can't be bothered to get a keyboard out because I've, I've got it in a cab, you see, and I've got a keyboard for it hidden away. Mm. And I can't be bothered to get the keyboard out. So I just played it. And when I was doing level one to three, without losing life, easy, easy, all the time, all the time, I just got really bored of doing those same three levels over and over and over again. So using your tactic, I think, would have paid off for me. Mm. But yeah, I got to level four... I got to level five, sorry. I did level four in the end. I got to level five and just got miffed with the the cheap deaths with the, you can't see the burrowing things chasing you all the time. So mm. I sort of go, gave it a bit of a rest after that and started playing other games instead. I thought it was okay. I did play it quite a lot, really, just because I was trying to loop it. Yeah, you looped it easy in the end, didn't you? Then, yeah, I should have carried on playing. I got 600,000, then 700. I should have carried on because I, I was on a roll that night, but I didn't. Yeah. Not to worry. Yeah, all right. It's okay. It's all right. Yeah, not a bad game overall. I'll give it like three out of five if I had to give it a number, maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That sort of stuff. I will play it again, but not to this extent, I think. So, let's get on to our next the quite a new segment. Home computer and console arcade ports. Mmm. We've got two here. Yeah, what's your one first? What did you do? As suggested by Mick Berry a while ago, he said, have a go with the Famicom Gallagher, which I did. Mm-hmm. Very good version. Even the sound is very good. Very accurate. Graphics are good. The, the gameplay seems the right speed, nice and smooth. The score and lives take up the right, say, fifth of the screen, you know, to keep it, to keep it vertical aspect. Oh, okay. That's a good idea, yeah. And apart from that, it's a, almost the same version. It's really good. And the box and the cart art are very very good as you would expect is this the nes version or the famicom version it's the famicom, famicom. yeah the, yeah, the, the Nam- famicom Nam- art was a lot better wasn't it yeah fam uh, namcot is it that there was a few of those namcot cartridges yeah i think namcot was the the home versions of namco games for the Famicom. because yeah. alex was collecting these a little while ago because they were numbered as well and i think he had like one mm. to 15 or one to 20 and the boxes all t- together displayed in his room looked really, really sweet. Some mm. really nice art. The Dig Dug one's really nice as well. It's really good. Yeah, and they're cute little boxes as well. They're only just bigger than the cartridge, aren't they? Yeah, they're tiny little things. But I, mm. I like the fact in home versions of games, if you've got a vertical game like Space Invaders or Pac-Man or Dig Dug or Gallagher, as you say, I really hate it when they stretch the game across the whole screen. Mm. But the Atari 2600 always did this. I, I don't think it had enough hardware to you know, put a little sort of segment on the side. But when they either put borders around it to make it look vertical or put a little side bit like on, on Pac-Man or on this game as well, I think that is a much better idea than, than stretching the game out. It looks awful stretched. I think yeah. vertical games should look vertical. They're, they're, they're designed that way to be up the screen sort of thing. So that's a mm. good idea. Now, the one I played... I got I dragged me Vectrex out the other day to test some controllers for some people I was selling to, and my Vectrex is playing well again. 
That button mm. three on controller two isn't stuck down anymore. I don't know how it's fixed itself, but it seems to work okay now. <laughs> yeah. So I'm happy about that. So I pop me uh, me multi cart in and put Vectrex Scramble on because I'm still playing Scramble at home as well on the arcade. Oh, I love that. I love. I used to own Vectrex Scramble. Such a good game. But I was playing it with mm. my Super Duper controller, which makes it mm. a lot more fun as well. Mm. Scramble is so good in vectors. I even recognise the recognise the terrain patterns. You know, you recognise the game when you've played it a lot. Yeah. And they are very, very close to the arcade. I haven't put them side by side exactly, but to me, they're almost exactly the same as the arcade. So I think they might be the same similar patterns to the arcade. Mm. The bombs fall out of your ship in a slightly different trajectory as well, but it's very easy to get used to. They don't have such a long arc before they go down like in the, in the arcade. Yep. There is no Konami sign on top of the building either, or high score table or instructions, which is okay, it's a bit cut down for the home. The game just keeps going on at the end, rather than giving you the congratulations screen. They must have had to lose a few things because of memory constraints, I suppose, but we'll let them off for such a great liney version. Mm. This even has the whoop, 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 whoop sound effect in the background, but disappears if you keep firing. I think the poor old thing gets a bit confuzzled <laughs> in itself. Yeah. I played this on an emulator because I haven't got a Vectrex anymore. It was slower than I remember, but I was 12 when I played it. Yeah. Still an awesome game. Very impressive on the hardware. Sound is really good, and I love the explosion sound. It's like a <laughs> like a farty kind of... Electronic farts. Could you do an electronic fart sound, Vic? Good. Next show's game. Right. Let's do next show's game, which is your pick, and then we'll just quickly finish off the music quiz mm. right i thought i'd try something different this time this has been inspired by my 60 in one challenge amidar by <sighs> or stern <sighs> do you not like it oh amidar's no do you not like it really can't get into it <sighs> well i've picked it because <clears throat> i want to get into it i've uh, i know charlie far can play it for weeks harumph I want to get into i want to learn how to do those levels so okay. i've picked it Extra lives, uh, sorry, three three lives, extra lives at 50,000 and 80,000. Yeah, Amadar by Konami, distributed by Stern. I've actually got an Amadar PCB mm-hmm. that's been converted to Turtles. Can I play that instead? What, play Turtles? Yeah, again. Basically. <laughs> yeah. You are? No, I'll, I'll have a go, uh, just for you and the listeners, I'll have yeah. a go. I thought you might like that because it's kind of maze-like. Isn't it? No, I don't like it. It's dull. I don't, there's there's a way. There's a way of it's a pattern the way the things run around, and I think you can actually, if you want, quite easily get used to it. So I'm not sure, but yeah, I've seen people play it before really well. And they can play it forever. So it's one of those kind of games. I don't think I will. I think I'll get bored of it very quickly. Well, mm. we'll give it a go, shall we? Yeah. Right. Give just before we go, let's see if you can get numbers two, three. And five correct. So number two again on the music quiz is this. Can you get it? No. Can I give you a clue? Yeah. Vector game. Major Havoc? Yes! Is it? I'll give you half a point for me giving you a clue. That's Major Havoc. I wouldn't have got that one actually. Number three, you said horizontal shooter. You gave yourself a clue there, so have a go at this. We're getting down to that a bit then, weren't we? Want a bit again? Oh, what is it? 
I bet it's people going, no, it's this, you idiot. What are you doing? Konami, is, is it Konami late 80s shooter? I'm not giving you any more hints, young man. God, I don't know. Go on, then. R-Type 2. Oh, yeah, yeah. I perhaps wouldn't have known that one either. So, number Obviously, five. <laughs> this is one you think we've played before and is an old 80s game. Yeah. Have a bit of that. Uncle Pooh. Yes. Is it? Yes. You got four and a half out of five. Yeah. It's amazing. No, you, didn't, you got three and a half out of five. You didn't get R type two. Three and a half you out of five. You remember the tunes, don't you? But you can't sort of pick them to the game. Do you know why, though? I tell you this a lot that I switch the music off after a bit and just listen to podcasts. That's because you, sir, are an idiot. Do you know what? What? I am going to do a music quiz next time and you've got to listen to it. All right? Not too hard, though. Don't do obscure games that I will not know. Because <laughs> if you do stuff from, like, cave games, all their music sounds really cool and guitar and funky, but they all sound... Yeah. I wouldn't know what tunes they are, because I don't sort of listen to it. Right. But if we do sort of classic-ish games, mm. but maybe a little bit obscure, that's sort of about the level we're looking for, I think. Right. And also, listeners, tell us if you got all the answers right as well. Because it is for the listeners as well. That's what we do at the end. So, that's us done, I think. That's enough of us for now, and we'll talk mm. to everyone in two weeks' time. Thanks a lot for listening. Thank you for listening, kids, and we'll catch you next time. Golden Age of Arcades he, from the UK. He even said... 90. Go on. I'm going to punch you through the screen in a minute. <laughs> Get in, sheep. None of that's going in. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. <laughs>